Awesome. So before we had our break, we see John had taught about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I had kind of picked up from there. We, I really want to talk more about, woo, sketchy, the, um, I guess, like revelation gifts. You know, um, there's prophecy, which, and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and whatever. I can go over there for water um, and all those kinds of things. So, no, it's okay. Well, I know, but there were two of them. So I was, that was the real problem, was I don't want to mess with both of them. It'll be a mess. It's right there. I'll survive. Um, but I gave you some homework. Who remembers that you had homework and, and did your homework? <laughs> Who remembers you had homework and thought about it at some point during the week? I don't think this side of the room was here. This side of the room. <laughs> no. So your homework was? Weeks ago. I know. It was two weeks ago. Three? Two? Three, five. Three, five. It was on 3-5. 21 days ago. Um, the homework was, in context of what we had been talking about, to pray for a friend or family member and listen from God for specific information uh, that he might reveal to you or a theme that he might be showing you about them um, and then send them a quick text message or email or phone call and say, hey, I was just thinking about you today and X, Y, Z encouragement that you were feeling from God. So nobody did that? You did. You're just an overachiever. You're amazing. (laughs) A plus to the lady in the back. Okay. And our other homework was to fall in love. Who fell in love this week? Okay. There was specifics. (laughs) <laughs> the side of the room is like, this girl's nuts. Okay, the, the, what, you know, when we're talking about hearing from God for other people, one of the things we talked about was falling in love with people. You can't have authority, and you don't get to have input or an opinion where you don't love first. So my, your other homework, so you can do it. This is, and keep doing this, keep practicing all these things, but was to pray privately when you're, you know, in your own time, pray for your workplace and your friends and your neighbors and those other moms or dads at school pickup or whatever. I'm, that's us, I guess. But, um, um, you know, pray for the people. Start with something or someone in your world. And then, you know, take time when you're in the community or around those people to just pause and listen to the Holy Spirit and say, what, what are you saying? What, what about this person? And honestly, well, first of all, I think I learned this from my daughter, Jordan, who's seven and a half now. When she was about two or three, we couldn't go anywhere without her noticing people. And who's that? What are they doing? Why are they doing that? And I didn't want to like teach her to be like me. She's so like, well, I better change so that she has a better example for this beautiful, loving heart to thrive in. So I'd be like, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> I was like, well it looks like they're getting their groceries, you know, and let's not just stare at them, let's say hi. <laughs> so she was so helpful to me, my little, what's the prophecy over her, run ahead girl. She has dragged me along behind her in some ways. And even like we'd have, um, when Laura and Joel first started coming to church, and that was a while ago, like they came, they left, they came back. This was first time came. We're at the store after church and Dora goes, mom, mom, that's the, 
that's the family from church. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would have walked by her in produce and been the total jerk that didn't recognize. So that's my girl. She has taught me to, to pause, to notice people, not be creepy about it, but even just a smile. And, you know, sometimes I feel like God is just showing me, I love your sweater. That's a great sweater. Just something encouraging, something uplifting. So that was the other part of your homework. The trick to it is we do need to invite the Holy Spirit to interrupt our lives, our every day, and we need to slow down and pause at times. So I failed at this homework this week. I was just like, get it done. More, I don't know why I'm at the grocery store buying more food again. I don't know where it went. What's the joke? There must be more people living at my house that I've never met because of the amount of laundry I have and also because of the amount of food that's missing. Like Somehow there are more people living here than I am aware of. So anyway, so I've just been in get-it-done mode. So this is something we have to be really intentional about, to ask, invite him to interrupt, to pause and be still, say, I need you to show me the people around me. I, need, I, I, I want to be intentional in noticing who's around me so that you can use me to be encouraging, to say a kind word, to smile and say hi. You know, it, it, it doesn't take much. And then obey, do, do what he's doing and say what he's saying. So that was our review and our homework. Um, tonight I want to talk to us about hearing God's voice because I think this is a vital part of hearing God for others. We need to be confident that we're hearing God um, for ourselves and, and, and talk through some of what that might look like or be for ourselves. How many of you, well, I don't know. I feel like I need more engagement tonight, but um, is, is the idea of God speaking to you a familiar idea? You can just nod or... Okay, um, you know, when I was growing up, and this wasn't just about, I have heard from God since I was little, so there wasn't, it wasn't even about that, but there was something in my family where there was a great honor and respect for God and God's anointed people, but there wasn't necessarily a, a, an atmosphere in our home that said, the Holy Spirit is on you, and you can hear from God for other people. You can prophesy. You could preach. You could, you know, there was this great, and not even in a bad or I don't think unhealthy way, but in just an ignorant way, and we just don't know way that said, they're really special people of God, and we're just, we'll just learn from them and hope, you know, hope we're good. Not even good enough. I'm not even saying it right, but there was just this elevated thing where as I've grown and learned in this church, like, we can all hear from God. We can hear his voice. We can interact with him. We can all pray for the sick and see them healed. We can all get words of wisdom and knowledge and prophesy and flow in these gifts of the Holy Spirit that we see and all these, these miraculous things. So I just want to say that. But backing that up, we do hear his voice. And so the, the first verse that comes to mind, and maybe it's familiar to you, is are the verses in John 10, 3 through 5. The whole, all of 10 is great along these lines, but it says that Jesus is speaking, and he says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, the shepherd, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Okay, God, the sheep of Jesus recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Okay, so those are really great voices, really great verses. You do hear the voice of God. God's kids hear his voice, and you can follow it. And you don't, you don't have to be 
you don't have to, the devil's going to try to talk to you too. You don't have to listen. You don't have to engage it. You don't have to, you just say no and refuse it. And actually, I don't, I don't know that I'm familiar with hearing that, but I hear people say that. I had a, a kid in middle school class a couple weeks ago say, well, yeah, I hear God's voice, but the devil talks to me too. And I'm like, well, tell him to stop. You know, he's a liar and a thief and you don't have to listen to the devil. So tell him to shut up and get out. Um, yeah, it's like that, that's no good. So anyway, you know his voice and he is talking to you. Like, I don't know what shame you might be experiencing. I think we all experience this, this level of unworthiness, which is a lie too, but God is speaking to you and he is saying good things and he's trying to love you through his voice and his words and, and reach out to you. So I just want to, if you don't get anything tonight, know that God is speaking to you. He wants to talk to you. He likes talking to you. He wants you to engage with that and engage in a conversation with him. And, and you can trust that, that that's there. So what we'll talk about tonight, um, you know, what that looks like, how to maybe do that, or if you've never experienced that. Um, one thing I wrote, I jotted down some notes, how to prepare your heart to hear God's voice. Because if I just did a little search for voice and hearing God's voice, and some things kept popping up. One was obedience. Okay, it's important that we listen and obey what God was, is speaking to us about. If you hear him talking to you about a situation or a circumstance in your life or an attitude or a thought you're having or whatever, and he's speaking to you about that, take it seriously. I, the, the phrase that comes to mind is take it captive. And I know, you know, the Bible says take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So that's bad thoughts that need to come into the line of the word. And I think, can that not be, I don't know, that pops into my head that, Take, take it seriously. If God is speaking to you, give it captive audience. Yeah, give that captive audience um, and obey it. And then here, the other side of that is sin. If you are living in a lifestyle of sin, and that can be unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, jealousy, all the things we've been talking about on Sunday mornings, not just you know the, our big top favorites, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but that wasn't 10, but <laughs> forgive my math. Sin will harden your heart to the ability to hear God's voice. Um, even just me being angry with somebody and, and being an offense, I have to stop. And, I, and, and Jamie has been so, my sister Jamie has been so good at this, and she has so many opportunities in her life to be offended. And people will just walk up to her and tell her stuff you, you shouldn't tell people to their face or behind their backs. They feel comfortable telling her things to her face. And I tell you, the reason she can stand up here and sing the anointed song she sings and impact worship the way she does is, and I'm not just, I'm just bragging on her because she's my sister and she's a great example for us. Not because she's a superstar. Again, we can all do this. The reason she can do that is because she fights to keep offense and anger and unforgiveness out of her heart. And let me tell you, and I'm, I'm not kidding you, she has so many insane opportunities. I'm like, why, why would somebody say that to you? She's like, I don't know. So sin, okay, and that's, again, not just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, that is all of these things that will harden our hearts, the things that violate relationship with others and with God will harden your heart to hearing his voice. Okay, how to prepare your heart to hear his voice. Okay, listen and obey, obedience. Be still and listen. Quiet the distractions. I'm a mom, and I can't even 
go to the bathroom by myself some days. You know, there's something about kids, they just, when, when you need a moment. But you, so again, this is something we have to be intentional about, is setting aside the phone and just taking a couple minutes every day. Now it's just when I'm laying in bed a lot of times, I'm just like, hey, God, <laughs> that was a day. How was your day? <laughs> or, and, and not even that, but even finding moments throughout the day where I can just, I don't know, this is how it feels to me. I just kind of go inside a little bit, and I still, the, still what's going on out here, and I just focus on him. And what do you want to say in this moment, God? What are you talking about? And of course, it's always something super amazing while my hands are in the dishwater, and I can't write it down. <laughs> so that's okay, too. Be in the Word, okay? If you want to he- learn how to prepare your heart to hear his voice, be in the Word. Okay, you're going to learn about his character and his nature, who he is, how he thinks, how he loves you. That's going to prepare you for hearing his, his voice better. Again, I said this a little bit already. Trust that he's speaking to you and wants you to hear him. He is speaking to you. He's speaking to you about the issues at work, the issues in your family. He's speaking to you about you know, how, to, how to golf better. Like he cares about the silliest little details. We, I, don't, I shouldn't even say they're silly, but those things you care about, the things you're struggling with, he wants to talk to you about. He cares about those things. I, you know, Joyce Meyer tells a story when she was first learning that she, that, well, I guess that she could hear from God and that God wanted to talk to her about all kinds of things. You know, she tells two stories. One was she's trying to do her hair one day and couldn't get it to look right. I probably should have prayed for that actually. I was struggling too today. But um, she, God was like, well, I can help you do that. And she's like, why would I ask you to show me how to do my hair? And he's like, because I can. And because you might as well talk to me over about it. And the same thing she said, she was out, you know, just recreationally bowling. They, she bowls or bowled. And um, God was like, I, I can help you with your game. You want some pointers? You know? And she's like, <gasps> That didn't fit her religious framework for what God would want to talk to her about. That wasn't big enough or important enough. And so it was a really good lesson. So there are areas in all of our lives where God is saying, I'm here. I'm always here. Can I just talk to you about this? Let's just talk it over. So, you know, the little stuff. Um, practice his presence. You know, again, that's be still, be quiet and listen. But but learn to sense his presence and, and sense what that feels like. With, with the understanding that every time God talks to us, it's not going to feel like, you know, there's not going to be a worship band probably playing in your kitchen or your workplace or on your walk. There's not going to be, you know, Pastor John saying, I feel the presence of God here. You may now speak to the Lord. <laughs> That's how he talks. Um <laughs> It's just going to feel really simple and natural. But practicing his presence, practicing what that feels like, practicing what, when you know he is speaking something, when, when it is during a church service and somebody gives up, stands up and gives a word and says, I feel like God is speaking this to somebody, you go, wow, that was for me. Take hold of what that feels like. Remember what God's presence and word and voice to you felt like in that moment and remember that. Um, you know, one of the things that's helped me practice hearing God's voice and and trusting that I'm hearing his voice was journaling where I would kind of write out my prayers I mentioned this last week and then I would just kind of be still this is when I had time to journal (laughs) 
took the time to journal. Sorry, I'm not a victim of my time. Write down my prayers, write down my thoughts, and then I'd be still. And then I would feel like, okay, I think God is saying this. And I would write it down. And even doing it felt kind of silly. Like, I'm still pretty sure I'm making this up. But as I look back, but I, but I had to trust. I was like, first of all, I'm not this nice to me. I'm getting better. But I was not that nice to myself. I would not say those things about me. Those weren't things I was already thinking about. Those aren't, does this make sense? Those weren't pictures I already had in my mind or ideas or thoughts. Okay, and that's what this will feel like. It'll feel very much like yourself because you are one with God and the Spirit. And th- this is how I kind of thought of it today. Do you, do you guys ever have like maybe um, somebody in your life, a spouse, a parent, somebody where you go to do something and you hear their voice? In there, in your, you just know, like, oh, Duncan would really like if I didn't. Let's see what's something I do. It's super annoying. Quick, I can't think of anything. <laughs> he's, 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 this is a man of wisdom. Uh, okay, okay. So, Duncan would really like me to not just dump the trash outside of the garage door. He would really be honored if I took it all the way to the trash can. Okay, but you guys know what I mean? Like, you go to do something and you're like, so-and-so would say this. Like, they're in your head. It's kind of like that, but better because it's God. Was that the weirdest example of something you've ever heard? I really want to know what I do that's annoying. I could... <laughs> kidding. I don't. I don't want to go there. Not right now. Um, journaling. Okay, if you aren't sure what you're hearing is God, ask a friend. Okay, this is why we're in community. This is why we're in church together so that we can, I can go to Barb and say, Barb, I feel like God is saying this about some steps I'm supposed to take or this thing I'm dealing with. What do you think? And she can go, well, and Barb, (laughs) Barb will tell you, which is why we love her. Um you know, well, that doesn't line up with the word, or I really haven't sensed that over you, or I don't feel like that is God, but I'll pray with you about it. We need each other. And here's my favorite, like there's some really good quotes that come out of Bethel, right? This one's my favorite. You ready? Lone rangers become weird strangers. Isn't that good? (laughs) It's true. We all know a weird lone stranger, ranger, danger. Um, Stranger danger. (laughs) Anyway, they're not dangerous. Don't, you know, we, we're not meant to do this on our own. Yes, you need a personal, intimate relationship with God where you hear his voice and you know what that sounds like. But we also need one another to go, I'm, I feel like God is leading me in this direction. What do you think? Or I'm hearing this about, you know, we need this feedback and we need people that know us and know our hearts and know our motivations and our struggles and, and all that to go, yeah, I think, I think that's not God but let's keep praying about it. Um, if you're not sure what you're hearing is God, don't throw out what you do know when you hear something that doesn't make sense to you or that doesn't line up with the word the way you think it should. Don't throw out everything you do know about God's faithfulness and his character and his nature because somebody else gave you a word or because you feel like you heard from God and then it negates everything you know God has spoken to you and he has revealed to you we don't have to do that. And I, I want to encourage us to be healthy as we hear what God for one another and for our community in being okay with getting feedback 
And if, if anybody gives you a word for, and they say, I feel like God's telling me this about you, it's okay to say, thanks for trying. I, I, God hasn't ever spoken to me. You know, what is the, I used a really horrible example in middle school, but it got their attention. You know, um, yeah, I really, I don't even, I don't feel like God, God has never put a desire in my heart to be a balloon operator. Is that what they're called? They hot air balloons? You know, and somebody's like, I have this word for you. You will be the best balloon operator in the world, and you will fly across the ocean. And you're like, yeah, I've never. That is so outside of what I've ever thought from God. And so, you you know, we shelve those. We give good feedback, and you can shelve those things. So don't throw everything out that you do know if you get a word that doesn't make sense. And always compare what you do know about God's nature and the word. So compare what you feel like God is telling you or what somebody is coming to you saying they feel like God is saying to you, compare that with what you already do know about the word and God's nature. Don't throw it out. Just compare it. It's okay to shelve things that you're not sure about. And um, I do want to talk really quickly about um, circumstances versus God's voice, and this isn't as in-depth as it could be, but just want to touch base on, you know, does God use circumstances to speak to us? I don't think he does. Um, I've got a couple ways I could go. And there are my notes. I should probably just follow my notes. One thing, God will never use temptation. James 1.18 says he will never tempt you. So you can know there is never temptation or sickness or disease in order to speak to you or teach you a lesson. Sorry, John, James 1.18 actually says he gives us birth by his true word. God's word is powerful enough to teach you and to train you and to equip you. He doesn't need to use the tools of the enemy to teach and train you. But I do think in this, in this context of circumstances that sometimes if we miss God or we're just not listening and we're just kind of plowing through and we keep going and maybe back here God said, hey kiddo, it's time to go this way now and we missed that or we're just ignoring it and disobeying because we don't want to obey or don't want to follow that, go that way, I think what can happen is you kind of come to this dead end of circumstances that is very painful that forces you to turn around and, and find God in that situation. So I don't think God caused that dead end of pain, but I think sometimes we get ourselves there and we're going, oh, this is really hard. And rather than blaming God, just go, oh, I think I went the wrong direction. James 1.18 is really good in the Passion Translation. It says, God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word. He was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. I thought that was a good, good translation. Okay, so another... Um, kind of I've already jumped ahead, but another idea about circumstances is 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13, if you want to turn there. And I'm reading from um, the, New Living, the yeah, New Living Translation. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. It says, um, God says to, so Elijah's been in, 
he's exhausted, he's frustrated, he feels like he's the only prophet left, he's being hunted by all these kings that he gives words to and they don't like him. And so, you know, right before this, an angel, (laughs) here's the scenario, he's passed out, he's so exhausted and frustrated and just wants it all to be over and uh, an angel comes with a meal, with cake and water for him and says, get up, eat and drink. He passes out again, get up, eat and drink, so you'll have strength for your journey. It's just the coolest. I'm like, huh, I want a meal baked by angels, but whatever. All right, verse 11, go out. So now, now Elijah's gone, and he's, he's, God's saying, what, what's going on? What's the matter? And they're talking, and God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Okay, so there's some things that got me thinking in this verse. The Lord passed by, and there was wind, earthquake, and fire, but God wasn't in those displays or those circumstances, right? But I do think that when God is on the move or about to move in our lives, there's a shaking of distractions that comes. Um, I, we've kind of seen it here where, you know, God's, God's moving and God's doing something and there's this, this shaking, there's this natural kind of stirring that happens. Um, and people sort of lose their minds. It's, it's interesting, right? He knows. There's a shaking, there's distractions, things get uncomfortable. God's on the move, God's doing something, but there's this, I don't even know how to explain it, this awakening of things that are happening, but a lot of people start jumping ship, like, oh my gosh, the circumstance, or this, this, this earthquake, this fire, you know, the, these things going on in their life, and it gets uncomfortable. And if you aren't already tuned in to what God's voice sounds like before something happens before, even before there's a crisis or before God starts moving, but there's these things shaking as he's coming, these distractions kind of shaking out of us. If you're not tuned in already to his voice, you're, you're going to be distracted or pulled off by those distractions and by those circumstances that are happening around you. But Elijah knew the voice of his Lord. Okay, He knew that God wasn't in those outward displays. He wasn't in those circumstances. He wasn't in any of that, because he knew the voice and the power of God. I, that's what I, he, he knew the voice and the power of God in the still whisper. He wasn't put off or distracted or drawn aside by those displays of power or, the, you know, in the wind and the earthquake and the fire. He knew the power of the voice of his God, and he, he was able to tune into that. The Amplified in verse 12 says, After the fire, a sound of gentle stillness and a still small voice. A sound of gentle stillness and a still small voice. That to me is such a beautiful picture of when I am still and I'm listening for the voice of God. It is a gentle stillness and a small voice. Again, before there was a problem, before Elijah was exhausted, frustrated, ready to die, discouraged, He had spent time knowing God's voice. He knew the voice of his God. So here, in the midst of the fear and frustration and exhaustion, he still knows that voice, and he waits for it. He doesn't move. He doesn't come to the entrance of the cave until he hears that voice. 
And then if you keep reading, what does God speak to him? God gives Elijah his next assignment. He says, go, return on your way, and So um, circumstances, yeah, I think we can get stuck in a place for so long or get comfortable in a routine or we miss something God has been speaking to us or whatever that we don't hear God in our day-to-day. We haven't been practicing it. We haven't been tuned into that. And yeah, things are going to get really uncomfortable in that situation because we haven't been following the voice of our shepherd who wants to lead us from glory to glory and life to life and hope to hope. And we end up in a place we weren't meant to be. Let's not get to that. If you're in that place, let's not say, God is trying to teach me something by this disaster in my life. No, he has probably been speaking to you continually. And look, no shame. We've all done this. We all make mistakes and end up places. And God, is. we turn around and there's God and he puts us right on the path again. So no shame, but let's be a people that can tune into his voice every day and say, where are we going? Where do you want me to be? What's my next step? You know, and something that's important to mention is, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. That's, that's my, one of my favorite verses. But that doesn't mean we're not going to do scary things. It doesn't mean when God is asking us to go a different direction or we're hearing him speaking to us about something that it, it's new and it's different and it's gonna, it might be scary. That's okay. I'm not, you know, there's a difference um, between doing something afraid and being terrified. Um, so don't end up, try not to end up in those places you're not meant to be. And again, hello community, okay? We get to watch out for each other. We get to say, hey, it seems like your life is getting progressively harder and more frustrating for you. Let's pray about what God has been speaking to you and see if we can, you know, find a way of escape around this problem or turn, see if we need, you need to turn around or, you know, or those are places where you can just, we're here to do this together. So let's do that. Um, you know, again, I just have this written down. A lot of people like to justify, you know, God has me in a season of X, Y, Z. You know, and it might be true if you've been following him. Again, Christianity isn't going to be without fear. Like, you're going to have to do things that are a little scary and new and challenging. It's not going to be without challenges, okay? But for the most part, I think it's when people doze off and they're sleepwalking through their life and not pursuing the voice and wisdom and counsel of God that, that they end up, they wake up, and next thing they know, they're, they're hurting and frustrated and sick and afraid, okay? And that, it's that, let's not be moved by pain. Let's move, be moved by the word of God. All right, so don't be circumstance-driven. Don't follow or justify your circumstances. Follow Jesus and overcome circumstances. Okay. Um, we're, we're supposed to be out at 7.30, right? Okay. I'm going to keep going. I just have a little bit more and then um, something else. <laughs> a little more and then a little more. So I'm just going to read you a couple verses. Uh, Luke eleven twenty eight in the New Living Translation says, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Okay, again, we're hearing and doing. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 is the story, the parable Jesus tells about the building your house on the rock. And he says in verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Okay, a wise builder hears and obeys. Okay, here's, this is really good, you guys. Luke eight ten. go over there. Go to Luke 8.10. 
And it says, I'm reading from the NLT. He replied, you, (laughs) Jesus has just told a parable and the disciples come to him and say, what did that mean? What are you talking about? And Jesus begins to explain the parable to them, but he says, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And he goes on. Okay, a couple of things here. You are permitted to understand the secrets of God. You need to grab hold of this truth that God is speaking to you and he wants to speak to you about kingdoms, stuff, secrets on his heart, kingdom secrets and revelations he wants to give you. And this is relational revelation. Okay, this comes when you are spending time with him and he can reveal his heart to you. Okay, you're permitted to know these kingdom secrets and this kingdom wisdom. Okay, so I looked up this word secret. I don't know why. I was just like, huh, I wonder what secret means. I've never looked at it before. Okay, you guys ready? This is so good. Okay, the vine says, I'll try to read slowly, but this is a big definition. You can go look it up um, online. The, the Greek word translated secret here, this is, the, this is um, some of the definition that, that that word would be given. Vines, okay, that which, being outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension, can be made known only by divine revelation and is made known in a manner and at a time appointed by God and to those only who are illuminated by, illumined by his spirit. In the ordinary sense, a mystery implies knowledge withheld. Its scriptural significance is truth revealed. Hence the terms especially associated with the subject are made known manifested, revealed, preached, understand, dispensation. The definition given above may be best illustrated by the following passage. The mystery which has been hid from all ages and generation, but has now been manifested to his saints. That's Colossians 1.26. It is used of a spiritual truth generally as revealed in the gospel. If this doesn't, I don't know, I was just like, wow, this explains the revelation gifts that there is a secret God wants to reveal to you, kingdom secrets, things. Here's, let me see if I wrote it down. God is speaking to you mysteries of his kingdom. He longs to share with you the secrets of his people, secrets of the people he loves. He holds their pain, their hopes, their fears, their traumas, their losses and wins. He holds each and every secret. He longs for those who will be faithful and trustworthy in loving well so that he can entrust those secrets and show his love, goodness, and faithfulness to people. Okay, God is holding up, there's truth and there's revelation that he wants to pour out to people, but he also holds the secrets of humanity, their hurts and their pains. And, and when we have a relationship with God where we know we hear his voice and we're, we're, we're walking in that, and then we can walk into the grocery store and say, God, highlight somebody to me today and he does and he he can show you something about them because you're faithful and trustworthy with their heart you've chosen love then you can can pour that secret he can put that secret in your heart because there's love in your heart and you can be trusted does that make sense kind of made sense to me Colossians 1.27 in the Passion Translation was really good same word here in the last verse for secret is used here Colossians 1.27, the Passion Translation. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery or secret of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure. (laughs) This is so good. Let me start over. I'm stumbling. 
Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery or secret of Christ embedded within us becomes the heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message we preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. Is that so good? The secret, these treasures of truth and wisdom and knowledge about people and situations embedded within us a treasure chest of hope that we get to use to awaken the hearts of every person so that they, here's the thing, all of these gifts are meant to point people to Jesus, never ourselves. Point people to Jesus, his goodness, his care and concern for people. Um, Okay, so again, how can you, let's, we're out of, we're not out of time. We've got nine minutes. We're gonna do it all. How can you hear and God and how can you hear God and learn his voice? Quick recap, journaling. Okay, again helps me separate what I'm hearing and thinking from what God is saying and stay focused on the conversation. because um, sometimes, you know, God can be speaking to something to me, but if I am not being intentional and still, it it's so frustrating and it'll be the best thing ever and it'll just kind of go. And I've lost it and it's such a bummer. So really being intentional with what's coming in. Again, the word. Take your time as you read it. Let him reveal his heart and nature through it. It will help you discern what you think you're hearing for others. It doesn't line up with who he says he is in scripture. Um, ask community, ask for input. Be humble, be teachable. So how does God speak? We covered this a little bit, but you know we're one, so it sounds like me, right? But those weren't my thoughts. And again, that's kind of the, you just know. You're like, that wasn't a thought I was thinking, and it just bubbles up inside of you, and it's there, and you'll learn, you can learn to, to know what, who, what that is. God will always speak what lines up with his word. He can speak through his word. He can speak through images, phrases, words, or little thought bubbles. We mentioned that a little bit last week. And just little, some people get a lot of pictures or visuals that God speaks to them. Um, I tend to get words or phrases or scripture, but then there's this, this expounding of of that word for a specific situation. Sometimes he speaks beyond what I understand. Um, I've had situations in my life where I was praying over something desperately, which was probably the problem, and I felt like I heard God tell me something. And this isn't, this is just a practice scenario. It wasn't, you know, a life or death scenario. But what I thought he was at showing me when I matured more and learned more about that situation, my understanding of it was so small in that moment. So sometimes, you know, I don't even, I don't know. So give yourself grace and patience, but then let God keep, keep speaking into an area, maybe, if you don't understand what he speaks the first time, but you're like, I think that was God, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, he'll get you there. Um, practice, practice, practice. I've never heard an audible voice. Um, I think people rarely do. There's some that have. Again, this is just kind of an internal knowing. The Holy Spirit is just speaking to me. Um, again, God speaks in community, church, small group, friends. We can speak through and to one another. Um, and again, community can correct and help guide you in what you think you're hearing from God. And this isn't a formula. You know, it really is relational. We get to know his thoughts and his ways. 
okay, we'll do definitions. If you are able to stay after and do a little bit of practice, we'll do 10 minutes and we'll sit and hear from God. This is what I want to do last time, but we didn't have time then either because I just talk and talk and talk. Okay, these are from Sean Boltz's book, um, God's Secrets, and they were just really good definitions of, of some of these things we're talking about and wanting to move more in. So prophecy is a word about the future. That sh- <laughs> You guys get that? I feel like I just did a shift from hearing God to, to some of these revelation gifts again, from the, some of these um, gifts of the Spirit again. Prophecy is a word about the future that shows the plans that God has for someone or a group, region, business, etc. With prophecy, people's affections lie in the fact that God knows them and has plans for them. Knowing God's plans and future for their lives gives people the opportunity to partner with him to actually see those plans fulfilled. Okay, and then we've got these revelation gifts, words of wisdom and knowledge. Words of wisdom are actual pieces of wisdom that come to us to help us know how to apply our plans and even other prophetic words to our lives. Okay, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the the application of knowledge, right? So this is a spiritual, this comes in a spiritual way to us. When it is a word, wisdom is like an instruction. Think of it as heaven coaching you on how to plan and pursue who you are or what you are called to, how to love those who are your destiny. Okay, and he just defines a word of knowledge as, a word of knowledge includes supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit about something that is important to God. While not solely discerned, the information includes specific facts that will help bring God's knowledge through a manifest form into your life or into the life of someone you're ministering to and sharing God's heart. Okay, and the purposes are to help people know what God is thinking and what his heart is towards them. It reveals truth, right, the reality of Jesus, and it helps people feel known and seen. And again, all of these gifts can tend to flow together, you know, where a word of knowledge can open the way to a prophecy or to a healing, um, things like that. And basically, you know, these gifts are an uncovering of what was not previously known to you about a person or situation. It will show people God's love and heart for them. It can be corrective, but we're not going to practice being corrective. We're going to be practice being encouraging, uplifting, and, equip- and equipping. Okay, sometimes you might get a word or something about a sickness or pain in a person's body that needs healing. Um, so, things like that. So, um, I would like us to just, let, I'm going to pray. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give you homework, then we're going to pray, and then if you want to kind of circle up, my, my, my vision is to practice this a little bit where we can circle up and just spend some time praying, and then if you feel like you've got a word for somebody, you're hearing God say something to you or to somebody here, then we will we'll speak that out, and then we can give some good feedback, and you know, we'll just take a few minutes to do that, and um, if you'd like to write down what people are speaking over you, you can do that. Um, and definitely give some feedback at the end. You know, did it make sense to you? Did it confirm or line up with things you've already been hearing from God? Uh, things like that. So your homework for this week, make a space to, to hear from God, you know, to grow in your ability to hear God's voice this week. Um, I think we can all grow in that ability. And, you know, I think about just in my day-to-day learning in the moments of normal life, you know, yeah, it's great to have an hour in the morning where you can sit and worship and be in God's presence. But then what I'm trying to develop is just that throughout the day, hearing his voice, looking for him in the little moments and what he's saying and speaking. 
Um, so make, try to make time for that. Try journaling or worship or Bible study, you know, and write down what you hear God speaking and then share it with a friend or a spouse and see, see kind of what they, share with a trusted friend who believes that you can hear God's voice. Um, otherwise, they might just think you're crazy and that wouldn't be helpful. So that's your homework. Father God, we just thank you for tonight and we thank you that you are constantly speaking to us to encourage and equip us to, to, to lead us in the right direction and to, to lead us into all the truth, God. So we just thank you for that. We thank you for your heart of love towards us and the world around us, God. Help us to capture your heart of love. Help us to love the people you love more and more, God, in our world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.